Welcome back to the Global Health Collective podcast. My name is Shania and I am your host today. It's a great day for an exciting episode. I have been looking forward to sitting down with Dr. Sonia Anand, Dr. Andrea Bowman, Dr. Russell D'Souza, Dr. Sujani Kandasamy, and Mrs. Parsa Memon, who I have here today to share the insights, the challenges, the incredible milestones that the SCORE project has had over the last few months. SCORE stands for Strengthening Community Roots, Anchoring Newcomers in Wellness and Sustainability, and the SCORE project is working to co-design interventions aimed at preventing chronic diseases in vulnerable populations in the Hamilton community. I have had the privilege to work alongside the SCORE team as a PhD student, and I hope that the key learnings from today's episode will inspire each and every one of you listening today. To kick off our discussions today, Dr. Anand, please share a bit of background on SCORE, where the initial idea for SCORE came from, and how did it turn into the project that it is today? Thanks for having us on this podcast, Shania. Last year, uh, one of my uh, former PhD students, now a postdoctoral fellow, Dr. Sujani Kandasamy, came across a request for proposals from the Public Health Agency of Canada um, as part of their Healthy Community, Healthy City Fund. And they, they really uh, described a three-component project, one design, second uh, implementation, and third scaling projects nested within cities and communities designed to improve or reduce uh, chronic disease risk factors. So uh, Sujani brought this to our attention. And uh, we have my research group and I have been talking for a long time about the health disparities within Hamilton. And although many of our research studies are focused outside of Hamilton, we've always wanted to work in our own city. And this seemed to be the perfect opportunity. And uh, a small group of us got together and talked over the proposal. And that's really what set off the design of the SCORE project. It sounds like a really exciting idea to, to where we are now. And I, I'm curious to know for our for our listeners today to see this like picture and this roadmap of what SCORE is, what are some of the key elements of the project? The key elements of the SCORE project are uh, one, designing and evaluating a number or package of interventions that promote healthy, active living amongst newcomer families, in particular, focusing in on children, but realizing that children are part of a larger family and we need to be inclusive of the family. The second element is we really wanted to find ways of connecting families to outdoor activities, uh, some maybe nature-based, uh, and certainly uh, aiding or removing barriers for them to um, access green space arenas, uh, even existing programs. Uh, the third element, which is a crucial component, is the continual input from families to this project. And it is uh, through a community advisory board, as well as co-designing these interventions. But I think those are the three elements uh, that describe SCORE. 
Great. Thank you. Dr. Russell D'Souza, can you share your insights on what the key elements of community-based research are? Yeah, sure. I think um, one of the first, I think, is, is that it's participatory. So it's not an instance where we come up with a hypothesis and we test it using traditional academic methods. It's participatory. So we work with members, in this case, of the Riverdale community to set goals together uh, to come up with shared research priorities and investigate these and advance them in ways that um, that benefits the community directly. I think a second piece that we think about is adaptation. So I think about communities as sort of small ecosystems. So things are constantly changing, things are fluid, and the onus is a little different on us as researchers in this perspective, in that we have to change um, with the community and, and be be willing to pivot change and, and come up with um, with different strategies as, uh, as we adapt to, to changing conditions and environments. Um, closely really related to that, I think, is that different than many of our traditional academic projects where our goals are to produce papers and uh, present things at academic conferences. Here, I think our focus is more on tangible benefits for the community and for the people that we're working with uh, in an attempt to, to make um, to make things, things better. And I think sort of finally, I'd say there's a, a strong element here of advocacy. Um, in participatory research. So we're working alongside community members on shared priorities. And in this case, we want to make sure that the work that we're doing uh, advances, in our case, the health of everyone that's participating in the project, and that we use our voice as academic partners um, to, to really uh, advocate to, to change environments and, um, and make things uh, better for the people that we're working with. And I see, Sujani, you have your hand raised, and uh, uh, you're welcome to add, Dr. Kandasamy. Thank you, Dr. D'Souza. I, I definitely agree with all of what you shared. And I think one piece that I'd like to add um, to that is also about the community empowerment piece, like empowering communities and using methodologies that um, allow for, for empowerment or like deconstructing um, existing methodologies to, to fit better with the communities that that we're working with. So for example, like one of the sub studies within the SCORE project is a photo voice study. Um, so this is a qualitative methodology where uh, photographs are used to, to share perspectives uh, in addition to, to words and narratives, but the focus is on uh, having participants engage in like a photography mission uh, where they might take photographs of uh, things in the community that serves as barriers or facilitators or assets. And, and using this methodology kind of overcomes or minimizes some of the language barriers and some of the other uh, pieces that that might uh, that we might be faced with. So um, the empowerment piece, I think, is is something that that I that I value a lot in, in this project. And I think I've seen uh, come through in some of the sub studies within the SCORE study. And I think it's fascinating. I know you both mentioned the participatory nature of the SCORE project and that cooperative engagement with both community members and researchers in this co-learning process. It's quite a unique feature of SCORE itself, and it's what makes SCORE extraordinary. And Mrs. Memon, as the community engagement specialist on the SCORE team, you are the expert in the Riverdale community. 
what is the potential impact that you see the SCORE project making on the lives of the children and the families living in Riverdale? The impact, I think it's going to be a very positive outcome. What we strive for is the outcome, right? And we all do want a positive outcome. I think the community is really interested in what we have to offer. And they really want to take part in the activities and programming that we have to offer in the future. Um, It's a great community. So much potential is there. It's just a matter of extracting it and bringing out the best in this community. And I think this project is going to be really helpful because it's for the community by the community, right? So they definitely have an input in it. Um, So we know firsthand what exactly they're looking for, right? So I definitely see a lot of potential and there's a lot of scope to do lots of good stuff out there and it's gonna help them. going to make them happy and they're going to be they're going to feel really involved in the community i i really like that you emphasize that empowerment aspect that for the community by the community approach dr d'souza would you like to yeah sure i I just wanted to add one thing that uh sort that um i think brings a, a lot of these things together and that's just the essence of sort of cultural humility and that um you know doing this study um, some of us who are mainly here as academic researchers or partners, um, it's a it's a wonderful chance for us to reflect and realize that in this situation, we may not be the experts, and it's a chance for us to learn and take direction, as uh, Parsa said, from the community, because this research is really for the community, by the community, and, and we're there as, as partners and supports. So I think that's an important element to this project that, um, that I think bears mentioning. So, thanks. And just to add to that, that really resonates with me too. And and just shifting of that power dynamic and doing that in a meaningful way, um, I think is is the output of that. And and for example, I know we might get into this later on, but for this study, we also have like as part of our governance structure, uh, a community advisory action board that's composed of community members as well as community partners um, who are, you know, organizational leads working in the community and the community members being the families, um, newcomer families living in Riverdale, participating in the actual uh, guidance of research activities. So I think that's a key part of like our governance structure that that helps to set the platform for um, in an equitable way uh, involving different community voices as part of the research activities. And I think that's really important to acknowledge your position as potential learners when working with the community as as researchers along the research process. And I will come back to you on the community advisory board and talking a bit more about that. But I wanted to turn uh, the mic over to Dr. Bellman. And I know we're talking in the local context here in regards to SCORE, but from a global health perspective, what makes community-based research so relevant? This project is a good example of what we would call or what identifying literature as global. So it's a, a project that has a very local significance, but has global relevance. 
working in communities in many places in the world is very similar. And the project with its community-based approaches uses many different perspectives, many different skill sets, and more importantly, really integrates the community perspective very well. So to me, once a project is completed, it'll be an excellent exemplar and or prototype of a local community project, which could be anywhere in the world, actually. It also will demonstrate how many approaches have to be used when you study a community. It can't just be one approach. And um, again, that is true globally as well as it is locally. So we do look forward uh, to when it's complete as this being an excellent example of the word global. Thank you for sharing your perspective. I think that uh, the community-based approaches and the different perspectives that we are seeing, even, even the perspectives we're hearing on the community advisory board, sharing uh, input from both local organization standpoints, but also the perspective from family members and children and, and academic researchers. I think it's really neat. And I think I'm going to hand over the mic to Sujani to share a bit more about that collective action approach to the community advisory board and, and how we facilitate those conversations. Thanks, uh, Shania. Um, so we did have our very first community um, this, our CAB is what, what, we, what we refer to the Community Advisory Action Board, uh, which is composed of community partners, um, in general, leads of organizations that are working in the Riverdale community, and our community voices, which are residents, uh, families, uh, newcomer families with young children um, that are currently living in Riverdale. So we held our very first uh, meeting, very first CAB meeting involving both of these arms uh, last Thursday at the Ron Joyce uh, Children's Health Center. And it was, I think, an absolutely wonderful experience to see all of the voices and to, to share common interests and to learn more about, uh, you know, how this project resonates with community members and community partners and how we can amplify that interest and kind of bring that into to the overall bigger picture of the SCORE project. Um, it was, it was a, I would say, an overall uh, great experience to, to help guide next steps and um, in terms of the research process. Great. And I know you mentioned the the voices of community members were were showcased on this community advisory board and in this meeting. Uh, Parsa, would you like to share from your perspective how the Community Advisory Board is a critical element of the SCORE project? Uh, I think it was a great experience for all involved and not just the SCORE team, but I think the families and the frontline workers really, really enjoyed the process of giving their input and I think what they felt, especially these families, they felt important. 
and they felt they were being heard and they felt that their input was <coughs> very important to the project. So I think it made them feel, feel, feel not only important, but empowered as well, right? So I think it was a great event. I think each and every person present there really had a really, really enjoyed every moment of it. And the contribution that these families made was remarkable. You think these are newcomers, Some yet do they have barriers? Yeah, of course they do. But like they, the input that they gave, I think it's very crucial to the SCORE project. Uh, thank you, Parsa, for sharing your perspective on the Community Advisory Board and the key elements to why it is important to empower the voices of community members, families, and children who potentially might be the end users of this program or prototype um, or output from the SCORE project. Russell, from your perspective and, and your involvement in the Community Advisory Board, what were some key challenges that you might have experienced at the meeting last week? Yeah, so I think um, one of the key challenges, and I wouldn't really call it a challenge, but one of the things that we had to, I think, make sure occurred at that community advisory board meeting is that everyone felt comfortable speaking and sharing um, what they needed to share in a judgment-free space. And I think um, it was very important to us to make sure that we minimized power dynamics. We made sure that everyone had a voice and that we allowed people to say what needed to be said. Um, because if we really want to embody the spirit of community-led research, um, we have to make sure that the voices we want at the table are, are being heard, being listened to, and being respected. So um, I, I think we did a very good job of that. And I think people felt comfortable sharing their views um, across a wide variety of perspectives. As, as you know, we had people who had been in the community for as little as, as sort of less than a month, all the way up to, you know, 19 years. So um, that that was very nice. I think that we had a, a cross-section. Um, one other sort of big picture challenge we faced was ensuring that the, the board itself had sufficient diversity. So, um, you know, we tried as hard as we could to, to get people um, who represented the community in, in all facets. But uh, that's always a challenge. And one of the things that we are learning is that when there are certain voices that are not at the table, um, it doesn't mean that they can never be at the table. So we can adapt and uh, improvise and revise our community advisory board to make it more inclusive of people who uh, might not have attended that first meeting. So um, that's one of the things that I really love about having this sort of um, fluid community advisory action board and that we can uh, adapt it as it moves along, depending on the changing priorities. If we find that certain people are not being heard or their voices are not at the table, um, we can work together as a group to, to invite them in and really give them the opportunity to be heard. Great. Thank you. And, and Dr. Anand, how will the community advisory board meetings and the responsibilities and roles of those members that are on the board be implemented throughout the duration of the SCORE project over the next year and a half? Well, we will be seeking the Community Advisory Board's input throughout the project, including uh, seeking their opinions on uh, new initiatives that we may undertake. In particular, that would refer 
refer to uh, the interventions that we're going to test uh, and evaluate. And then once we've evaluated if some of these uh, potential programs work, we would go back to the community advisory board and, again, seek their input uh, with respect to is this a long-term sustainable type of program or are there components of the program they would like us to see do differently. So we're really using um, the community advisory board uh, to seek the input of citizens who live in the community throughout this uh, project, as opposed to doing the project and at the end going to the community and saying what you think. So they, they really hold a, a very important role in the SCORE project. And I think it was a really important point that you mentioned that their perspective will be integrated throughout the duration of the project. And I think that collaborative aspect of SCORE is what makes it unique. And Dr. Bellman, I know your work is, is so deeply rooted in fostering collaboration and connection. Can you tell us a bit about, from your perspective, how projects such as SCORE promote collaboration and why that is so important? Well, the project um, offers a fairly accurate picture of the complexities of um, not only creating partnerships, but also maintaining them. It's uh, very iterative and many parts fit into um, maintaining a good partnership. We've seen from this project, the number of people um, that are involved um, with different skill set, different perspectives. The community is extremely diverse. It's large, it's not a small community. Studying all aspects of it, again, has required really learning to know the people in the community, forming necessary partnerships with different people from the community, such as the school personnel, the students in the schools, the people who live in the neighborhoods, um, neighborhood associations, community workers, all these uh, people have to agree and sort of become implicit partners in the entire project, almost for the length of the project. And it can't be emphasized enough how complicated uh, this is and how any partnership requires a lot of attention, clear direction, and also nurturing of the partnership. So it has many elements of international partnerships, I would say, even though it's at a local level, all the principles are the same. Thank you, Dr. Bowman. I think that as, as, a, as a student, as an early career researcher, understanding how the principles within the SCORE project can be reflective of how international collaborations happen. And it's an inspiration, really, the project in, in that regard. And um, now thinking about how SCORE is this ever-evolving process, what might be a key learning from where you are when you started the project to where you are now, Dr. Anand? Uh, thanks, Shania. That's a great question. And 
I think at the beginning of the project, uh, Dr. Kandasamy, D'Souza, Wahi, Deepika Desai, myself, we we envisioned something for this community, actually knowing very little about the community. We knew some basics. We knew most of the newcomers lived in apartment buildings were low income for the most part, and their children would sometimes come to McMaster Children's Hospital with chronic disease risk factors. That's really what we knew. And then we thought, okay, how can we try and develop a long-term solution uh, to help families embed healthy active living principles into their lives? And we came up with a proposal that was very logical, and that's what academics typically do, review the literature, put something logical together and then evaluate it. And where we are now is really, as I mentioned before, we are seeking the input of people with real experience in the community. So Arsa, who's spoken earlier, is one such person who has worked with the community, the school principal, uh, going to the schools, and then, of course, the families that have participated in some of the early aspects of the project and the community advisory board. We're learning so much about what they need, what could work, what are some barriers uh, to healthy, active living interventions we may have proposed. And so we're, we're really learning so much as we go, and we're, we're gearing up with the input of the community advisory board and families to start pilot testing in a very small way some of these potential interventions. And then after that early evaluation, again, it's iterative. We'll say, okay, if this one worked, well, the other one didn't, and we'll take the one that worked further and evaluate it further. And hopefully, by the end of the year, we'll have some components of a healthy active living intervention that are co-designed with families in the community that have the potential to be successful. Great. Thank you for sharing your input. I think it's quite interesting to see that iterative nature of SCORE at, as well as someone being a part of the SCORE team and the SCORE project and, and working on the community advisory board. It's it's quite interesting. Every day you're faced with new learnings and it is really exciting. And Dr. D'Souza, would you like to share any of your key learnings that you've had from the start to where you are now? Yeah, I think one of the things in general, I'd have to say I've I've learned and had a deeper appreciation of now is for this project, I, I feel like we're shifting the traditional research focus for a lot of studies that I've done in the past from the individual uh, to the community. So we are trying to benefit many people with different strategies that, that sort of work um, at many different levels. So this has been a, a very exciting challenge and it's required me to continually sort of rethink traditional ways of researching, traditional ways of developing interventions and implementing those interventions, we have to take a step back and say, well, you know, we're not looking, for example, to help you, Shania. We're looking to help your family. And if you're living in a building, we're looking to help the building. And then looking beyond that, we're looking to help the school. So we want to make sure that the things that we are developing and testing 
are scalable at a, at a community level. And I think that requires, at least for me, um, certainly some others on this team have, have a lot of experience in that. Um, but just thinking um, from a different lens and, and from a community lens, and that I have found uh, very enriching and uh, very challenging, uh, but the right type of challenge and, and the reason why we do this, this type of work. Great. Thank you, Dr. D'Souza. Now we've talked about community-based research, how situating your project within the local context is important, but we're thinking about the key element of SCORE is promoting health equity and promoting the health of the community of Riverdale, like you just mentioned, Dr. D'Souza. And so for anyone listening here today, whether you are a parent or you are a young person, uh, Dr. Bauman, Dr. D'Souza, Dr. Anand, do you have any key pieces of advice from the learnings that you've had so far with SCORE on how parents and kids should promote their health and well-being and promote healthy, active living within their own ecosystems? I can start. I don't think it's uh, for us to be prescriptive. Um, I do think for any members of the community that... Uh, become participants in this particular project, they'll find it very fulfilling. So that's one thing I would say, the act of participation in itself promotes uh, healthy living and uh, within the project too, everyone, there's not a necessarily, there's no hierarchy. It's a, it's a very open type of project, many aspects. So whatever your opinion is, um, you'll certainly have a chance to become, you know, to express that opinion, which in itself is uh, promoting equity and inclusion. And because all opinions within this project, and I emphasize the word all, they're very small children as well, all opinions have been welcome. And I mean, to me, that is, the type of prototype that really demonstrates that equity can be achieved. And actually, as a result, very, very rich exchange of information and creation of new information and creation of new solutions, probably to issues the community may have been struggling with. Yeah, I think that, it's, again, I agree with Dr. Bauman that we don't want to be prescriptive at all and say this is how you should change your your lifestyle or, or the things that you do to stay healthy. That's what we used to do uh, without acknowledging the agency of the individual or community we were interacting with. So co-design, uh, community advisory input really speaks to the solution coming from the community and um, and also from individuals and we heard recently at our community advisory board from some individuals who had faced some health problems and they felt they were on their own trying to uh, educate themselves about their health problems and they found it difficult to access services so i think we can uh, help empower the community members um, with uh, provision of information uh, because many of us are health professionals on the team, and also uh, connecting families with other resources uh, that they may need, including access to training or health services. In fact, that's a part of 
score that we're trying to develop this idea of a linking worker who can link our families with the services they need. And I think it's really important, Dr. Anand, that you mentioned uh, that you acknowledge the lack of empowerment and how you can potentially promote accessible resources and information and being a connector for many families and children in the Riverdale area with essential resources that they need to promote their own personal well-being and feel empowered to do so and feel excited to do so as well and and see it as a personal learning journey that they might go on. And I, I want to hand over the mic to Dr. D'Souza to wrap up that question as well. Yeah, sure. I, I agree with Dr. Bauman and, and Dr. Anand's excellent points. The only thing I would add on top of that is I think the importance of, of agency and helping people or supporting people to come up with their own solutions to how to become more active and how to uh, perhaps eat uh, healthier. As, as Dr. Anand said, you know, we don't want to prescribe and Dr. Bauman said we don't want to prescribe, but what we can do is help guide people to find their own solutions. There are many ways to get physical activity. You don't have to do it in a gym. You don't have to run. You don't have to lift weights. You can play sports and whatever sports you like, that is a way of becoming active. So I think for us to, to learn what ways work for individuals and support them on their journey to health, um, I think that is uh, one of the ways or one of the tips that, uh, that, that I would share. The, the best exercise is the one you can, you can stick with. And uh, so is the best diet. So we have to support people in making their own choices and, and empowering them to make those choices. I agree. And, and one thing I personally always say is uh, if you wake up in the morning feeling like you're filled with joy, that is like the ultimate goal, waking up that you can feel like you can go and run if you want to run or exercise if you want to exercise or uh, engage in the things that make you happy um, is, is such a key element of living a healthy, active life, I think for me personally. And, and the last question of the episode for our audience today, because many of the listeners are early career researchers or students interested in global or public health, um, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a student or an early career researcher that might be really interested in community-based research, but doesn't know where to start? Uh, maybe I'll start. Uh, I think join SCORE. That's uh, one option. But uh, seriously, I would say that um, it's hard to start off something yourself. And by definition, community-based research is being part of a community. So kind of find your community of interest, make those connections. And in general with research, I, I just like to describe to students that it, it really has to follow a passion of yours and it won't happen overnight. And so sometimes I meet students who are really impatient to, to get things done, get a, a paper done, but community-based research takes time to build uh, connections and also take time to really uh, get the full experience and and to stick with the project to see results. So I would say you're you're in a good position if you join an already established group or a group who have has done a lot of that work and who can welcome you in to become a team member. Thank you, Dr. Anand. I'll hand it over to Dr. D'Souza. Yeah, and I think um, 
the other thing I would advise students, early career researchers to think about is a project like this is an opportunity to reflect on, on the craft of research rather than I think always the end goal or the end products. Because as uh, Dr. Bauman has said, and Dr. Anand has said, a lot of this uh, is built upon relationship building. And the fruits of that may not uh, be seen for another year, um, but it's crucial, it's essential. And I think a project like SCORE uh, is a wonderful opportunity for early career researchers to understand that process and be on the ground. Shania, you know this, you are on the ground in a project that um, we don't have a clear roadmap for always. And, and for you as a, as a young researcher, um, this will be invaluable experience as you go on uh, further in your career. And, and that's um, a type of experience that you could not get. Um, so the key is just to, I think, keep your focus on you're doing good work and every day um, you're moving a big project forward uh, and just focusing on those those day-to-day -day activities and knowing that in the end um, you'll get there. But um, yeah, I, I agree with Dr. Anand, you need uh, someone to help you open that door and, and SCORE is a wonderful place to start. I would say yes, and, and joining a, a project since the inception is a wonderful opportunity because you see how projects are slowly built. It takes a while to get them going. It's many pieces have to be put together. So it's a very uh, unique experience. And also it gives the student a good idea of the complexity of research and also gives them a sense of whether they do like it. it it's like any other activity. Uh, it's not for everyone, but if they get deeply involved in a project such as this, uh, they will have rewards. And, and then they'll also get an idea of whether this truly would become a passion for their future career. And as a student myself and a student on the SCORE team, I would have to echo all of Dr. Anand, Dr. Suzes, and Dr. Bauman's perspectives because I came on to SCORE as a student interested in healthy active living because I was a personal trainer for women over the age of 40. I have a passion for knowledge translation and I have worked in the community and I I really wanted to enter a PhD program where I can combine all of my interests in the best way possible and it just so happened that SCORE came across the table at the, at the right time. And I appreciate Dr. Bowman for introducing me to the project early on. And so I can really just echo that if you are a student listening to this, or if you are an early career researcher, it takes time to find what you're passionate about. But when you do, you'll know. You'll wake up in the morning and you'll be excited to do the work that you're doing. And Dr. D'Souza and I talk about this quite often, that sometimes it is hard. Some days are a lot of work and uh, you might be a bit confused on where you are headed next. And sometimes it's not so clear, but that's what's exciting. And I think it's exciting to explore. And I think it's exciting to feel curious. And I really appreciate SCORE for one of those reasons. So if you are a student listening to this or you have any questions about SCORE, in the description box of this podcast episode, you will see the link to our website. You will see additional resources to help uh, answer any questions that you might have. But as always, our emails are always open. You can email us at score at mcmaster.ca. 
and follow along on the Global Health Collective podcast Instagram. And there will be a daily news article featured very shortly. And again, the link will be in the podcast description. Thanks again for listening and have a great rest of your week and a great rest of your year.